From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind, and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Lawan Jirasuladeh. Today, Unlock the Science will talk about a special group of population whose presence and voice has become increasingly more noticeable globally: the community of lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgender, or LGBT community. Though still facing discrimination and challenges in some societies, has been gaining recognition in many countries in the world, including Thailand. As recognition improves, many LGBT people start to come out of their closet and express themselves more openly and freely. For transgenders whose gender identity is different from their gender at birth. The need to undergo sex change surgery increases. Consequently, clinics and hospitals in Thailand and around the globe have started their new services in meeting the demand of rising number of the transgenders. In the United States, for instance, a study published in 2016 by the Williams Institute, UCLA School of Law. Pointed out that around 1.4 million Americans who are 18 years old or older, or roughly 0.6 percent of the American adults, identify themselves as transgenders. Though the proportion remains tiny, this number is twice larger than that in a previous estimate 10 years ago. The new survey also find out that. Younger adults tend to identify themselves as transgender more than older adults. Sex change surgery, or currently the more preferable term, is gender-affirming surgery. Is a medical process that will alter one's current body parts and functions in a way that will correspond to his or her gender identity. For a transgender born in a male body. He would undergo several typical processes, such as breast enlargement, vagina construction, and reduction of Adam's apple, to eventually become a she. According to Joseph Woodman, chief executive of Patients Beyond Borders, a consulting organization in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, United States, Thailand is the nation most well known. Among individuals in need of sex change operation, my MediTravel, an online platform providing reference related to global medical market, reported that sex change surgery in Thailand was one of the top ten medical procedures out of the total 133 that foreigners paid for in 2020. Thailand's entire medical tourism industry in 2020 generated 600 million U.S. dollars. My MediTravel also find out in a survey of 1,000 people across the world who came to Thailand for medical services in 2020 that one out of every 16 foreign medical patients 
came here for sex change operation. The pioneer in sex change surgery, Dr. Prichard Deodranon, who performed Thailand's very first sex change surgery at Chulalongkorn Hospital in 1975, links the country's popularity to three factors, namely affordability, good results, and hospitality. Procedures of sex change surgery has also been developed. Conventionally, in constructing a vagina for a male who wants to become a female, doctors use the existing male sexual organs to make it into the organs of a female. However, the female organ constructed by this conventional method are said to be non-natural. In recent years, surgeons turned to using the thin layers of tissue in the abdomen to construct a vagina. This process is known in medical term as peritoneal vaginoplasty. This technique creates a more natural vagina compared to the conventional graft using penile and scrotal skin. The sex change surgery at Chulalongkorn Hospital has been using this new technique as well. This technique of peritoneal vaginoplasty is not new for the medical community. Using abdominal tissue has been applied first to rectify the sexual organs of females who are born with congenital defects. However, the conventional procedures remain the standard practice, as removing tissue from abdomen could involve certain risks for the patients, particularly those who had abdominal operation before. As there has been more demand of sex change operation, especially for males who identify themselves as females, Chulalongkorn Hospital in January 2020 set up a center of excellence in transgender health to serve the need of transgenders. Chulalongkorn Hospital has been carrying out sex change surgery since the 1970s, but this center of excellence in transgender health now offer a holistic approach and integrated services for transgenders. The center offers gender reassignment operation and other more common plastic surgery. It also houses a clinic in providing consultation for young people who want to have their gender from their birth reassigned. The center offers sex change operation to those at least 18 years old only. Therefore, if one is under 18, he would have to go through various processes of counseling and treatment until he reaches the age that allows him to receive the surgery. Unlock the sign reporter Ha Wang Meng talked to Dr. Waterpon Ratanat a plastic surgeon at the Center of Excellence in Transgender Health, Chulalongkorn Hospital, to learn more about the work of this center. For this episode, we focus only on transgender born in a male body who would like to become a female. Dr. Wolapon, the transgender specific clinic which is located on 11th floor of Chantry Square. So could you please explain to our audience what this clinic is? Okay, uh, the clinic's name is the Tangerine Clinic. This is a part of the Institute of HIV and Research uh, and Innovation Foundation or IHRI. The purpose of the clinic is to create a, a safe and friendly environment for transgender population 
they mainly give the screening test for uh, HIV and uh, most of the sexually transmitted infections. Some of the clients here are sex workers. Actually, they need to screen for the infection uh, periodically, like every three months or six months. But uh, in fact, we know that if they go to general hospital, they may face uh, some bad experience. So we established this clinic that provides uh, the service for uh, this population. Mainly, most of, the, uh, most of our staff are transgender also. This type of clinic can reduce the discrimination. Actually, we never use the, the title. We, we never say the title of the patient. We call the number instead that uh, make better experience for the clients. As far as we know, people below 18 years old cannot undergo sex change surgery. So could you please specify what the clinic, what your adolescent transgender clinic does for these adolescents? Okay, for the transgender children, like 10 years or uh, less than 12 years, if they know that they want to be uh, the other gender and uh, the parents accept that. So if they come to us, what, what can we, we, we do for them? Uh, first, we will uh, make a consultation with the, the child and uh, the parents. And the second one is the, like we call social transition, like dressing that in the way that they decide. When they come into early adolescence, if their thought persists, they really want to be the, gen the gender, we can give the medication to stop uh, producing their hormone in their uh, biological gender, to stop their body to developing into the biological gender that they do not want. When they uh, come into late adolescence or uh, being adult, we give the consultation for using gender-affirming hormone and even surgery. And how do you imagine the role of the center in the next five years? Okay, we want to uh, we want to be the place that have the advanced research in transgender medicine, the biggest in the Southeast Asia in five years, and also we want to create a clinic that is the one-stop service clinic in the King Chulalongkorn Memorial Hospital that uh, uh, make the transgender population uh, easier to have the, the whole service that they want. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. Undergoing sex change surgery requires that constant efforts must be made both before and after the operation. Prior to undergoing the surgery, it is a must that patients continuously live as a woman and get hormone treatment for at least one year. In addition, a consent from parents or guardians will be required in case a patient is below 20 years of age. They also have to consult with their doctors 
to see if they are physically and mentally ready for the surgery. After the surgery, patients must spend several days staying at the hospital according to their doctor's instructions to monitor their new bodies. As soon as they get home, there are several post-operative procedures which must be strictly followed. Firstly, they need to get their vagina widened every one or two weeks. Then comes the evaluation of bodily and sexual functions as well as the examination of their newly constructed vagina. When it comes to the diet, avoiding salty food is highly recommended, as sodium chloride could make surgical wounds swollen. For transgenders, undergoing sex change surgery means a life-changing experience, after which too many of them, they are reborn. To explore how a transgender life after surgery looks like, Gritima Samitpon, who had her gender-affirming operation in early March 2021, is here with us to share her experience. Gritima gave this interview to Unlock the Sign reporter Ha Wang Meng just briefly after her second surgery, using tissue from her colon, in rectifying her first operation some years ago. Gritima is a transgender health community worker at Institute of HIV and Research Innovation, a non-governmental organization in Bangkok. Kun Gritima, since when did you start to think that you were born in a wrong body and would like to become a female? I know it from a very young age. I would say like four or five years old before I went into the kindergarten. And, and actually, I would say it wouldn't feel like I want to become a female, but I feel like I'm, I'm already a female just trapped in the wrong body. Did you face any discrimination or even bully when you were at a young age? I, I would say I have been through so many um, bullies and sort of, I mean, like, when I, when I was young, my, my classmate would strip me off in the classroom, and that happens quite a few times. And then again, later on, I even had this, um, this teacher who wanted to actually change me saying that you can't behave like this, you have to change, and I'd like you to come see me every week to see if you're doing any better. And is there any particular incident that still traumatize you up until these days? Strip off of my clothes in the classroom in front of other students, and it happens quite a few times, and it's still sort of, you know, at the back of my mind. I'm so afraid and... Oh, talking about it, it's just <laughs> making me um, feel uncomfortable already. And also the way that one of the teachers that were trying very hard to change my identity, that, that was quite bad as well. Because I feel like, you know, that there's something wrong with me. When actually I think there's nothing wrong with me at all. But I didn't actually want to follow the instruction or what, you know, the, the teacher told me. Because it didn't sound, it didn't make sense to me. When did you start thinking about undergoing a sex-affirming surgery? Was it a hard decision to make? I heard about the gender-affirming surgery on the genital when I was very young. And I knew that, that that was something that I wanted. But then again, back at that day, it seems like a so, so far away. It seemed like something that I, there's nothing I can do about that. When I was very, very young, until up until, you know, I grew up a lot, that I 
you know, I went to my university, I started working and I started to do my, my transition. Then I, you know, start thinking about it again. It's actually not a hard decision because I, I knew that I wanted it from, from a very young age. And I, I suppose that lots of transgender um, women would have the same idea. I mean, like, we know what we want. So it wasn't like a hard decision, but it's more like, um, when would be the right time? Would you have the budget? Would you have, um, I mean, if you work or if you are a student, do you have enough time to rest? And how, how would you find a doctor? How do you get access to get that services? And how would you um, tell your parents? Or even if you have a partner, how would you tell them? What did your parents, relatives and friends say when you told them that you would like to have a sex change operation? I have to say that I had my um, gender affirming surgery on my genital, let, let's say the genital surgery, when I was on my early 40, which, which is a bit late, I mean, for, for most people. And at the time, because I, you know, I have been grown up enough, you know, I have my job, I can look after myself. So I didn't actually have to actually, you know, ask for anyone's permission. In my case, I just had to um, let my family members know that I'm, I'm going to have this so that they, they know what's going on. Um, and actually, they're quite supportive. I'm not sure because the reason why they are quite supportive is because I am, you know, already a grown-up and I can, you know, take care of myself. Or they really actually um, being supportive because they think it's the right thing for me. What was your experience at the operation table? Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, before I went to have my operation, of course, I did my research. Yeah, I spoke to a doctor and I, I read a lot of papers. I read everything that I that I could. So I know what's going to happen. I know what's, what's going on. But then again, you know, this, this nerves, the nerve that you have when, you know, you're being taken to the to the theater. It was like, oh, I had to close my eyes and say, like, okay, relax, relax. It will be fine, it will be fine, because we actually won't feel anything, right? But, but it's the very first moment when you, when you sort of woke up and you started to realize that, okay, it, it's over, it's done now, it's just a recovery time. So it mo- it's more like a nervous. Yeah. How did you feel right after the surgery? And did you have any trouble with your new body in the very first days after the surgery? Um... Right after the surgery, I feel like I have achieved my mission and, and the goal that I had. I mean, like, I've done it. I have completed it. And I feel like I am free now from, from some kind of the entrapment that I, that I was in for, for so long. So I feel like I was set free. So that, I mean, like, mentally, emotionally. Um, physically, physically, I, I found that after I left the hospital and I had to start, you know, living my life on a daily basis, I, I had to sort of um, settle myself to the new part that I had. For example, um, the way that you go to the bathroom, like you have to pee because the feeling was, was actually different with the new part. And then again, there, there are routines, the thing or requirements that you have to do after, I mean, like post-surgery that you have to do your, the, the dilation to actually keep the new vagina, you know, with its length and um, its function. So you sort of, you, you have to get used to, you know, your new part. And also you have to follow the steps that needs to be done after the surgery. So that, that would be like challenges. 
The surgery in early March 2021 is your second operation in rectifying your first surgery some years earlier. What went wrong that required this second surgery? Um, I would say the first surgery was perfect. But then again, um, after the, the operation, I got everything that, that the doctor promised me. But I didn't have that discipline enough to actually do my routine dilation. So I lost the depth of my neo vagina, which um, made it not functioning the way that it should be. And after a while, I feel like, okay, because it's not working, but it's not the doctor's fault. So I, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to have another surgery to, to sort of revise it with um, a new technique or a suitable technique that, that can make it functioning again. Could you imagine how you would be if you could not have your gender reassigned to match the gender you want to be? It would be very unfortunate because if my goal is that to have this kind of surgery that affirm, you know, who I am and who, you know, who I, I feel like, you know, I can be. If I couldn't have it, it's not going to kill me. I could leave, but then again, I would feel like I, I might not be happy in the way that I think I can. So it may be like you, you miss that kind of, you know, um, a piece of jigsaw that, that can fulfill who you are. Do you think that transgenders have been gaining acceptance and recognition in most countries in the world, including in Thailand? Um, you know, lots of people saying that Thailand is a paradise for LGBT people, including trans people. But, but I would say um, in Thailand, we do accept the LGBT people, like, you know, for trans people with many conditions. For transgender women, like, you have to be beautiful so that people will accept you. Or you have to be very good at school. You have to be very good at what you do so that people give you respect. But if you don't have those kind of things, people will just didn't, didn't say that you're any worse of it. So, in fact, you know, in Thailand, if you're an, an LGBT people, especially if you're trans person, you have to prove a lot before you get all that kind of acceptance. And um, legally, legally, we are still not allowed to legally marry. And there is still no gender recognition law. That means that um, being you is not actually recognized by law. And that leaves a big gap of the... Um, law and enforcement protection when, when you are harassed, when you are sexually assaulted, that, that kind of thing. So actually, there's still a big gap on this. There could be some transgenders listening to this show now who are thinking about having gender-affirming surgery. What would be your message to them? Um, I'd like all the trans people to take your time, take your time, and, you know, do your research as much as you can, and you speak to your doctor, ask all the questions. And if you can um, find, find someone like maybe myself or someone that have gone through these experiences and talk to them because they're actually the people that have been through the process and they, they can tell you what's really go, going on, what's really happening before and after. And I really want um, everyone to actually have all kind of the information that, can, that they can make like, you know, an informed decision. I would say be realistic about that goal so that they, they know everything before they make a decision. 
a research published online by the American Journal of Psychiatry in 2020, showed that gender-affirming surgery could lead to long-term mental health benefits for individual transgenders. The study found out that among individual transgenders who had problems of gender confusion, undergoing gender-affirming surgery was significantly associated with a decrease in mental health treatment over time. In order for the society to be more inclusive of transgenders and the LGBT community, more efforts to enhance knowledge of the general population will be crucial. Unlock the sign would like to thank Dr. Warapon Ratanatler, plastic surgeon at the Center of Excellence in Transgender Health, Jhulalongkorn Hospital, and Klitima Samitpon of Institute of HIV and Research Innovation. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Jura Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.jula.ac.th, and our Facebook page. And our show is also available as podcasts. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawut with Lawan Jirasurade as the program host and co-producer. <laughs>